Well, good morning. Good morning. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Before we actually begin the message today, I think I'll explain to you why we could possibly be doing something from Luke chapter 1 in March when... uh, It looks like a Christmas message, and it's not. So, let's do some chronology. If Jesus was born in December, and I really, truly don't believe that he was, but if Jesus was born in December, then the angel would have come to Mary in March. Interesting. You know, think about that. Start counting, you know... You know, how long you've been married and how, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, if Jesus was born in April, and I strongly believe that that's probably true, then uh, the angel came to Mary in July. I sat at my desk yesterday and, and looked at my yearly calendar and actually counted out the months and, and so on so I could bring you this wonderful revelation that you probably never thought of before. I know I really hadn't. Until I decided that on March, what's the date today, the 3rd? On the 3rd of March, that I was going to talk about Mary and the angel and the pronouncement and Mary going to Elizabeth and, and oh my goodness, it's December already. Are we going to have the Christmas dinner next week or the week after that? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, but no, we're not. And so therefore, I give you the chronology of, uh, what it is. So, Aren't you glad to know that? A little addition, a little addition to the general knowledge. And actually, I mean, I'm making light of it, but uh, actually it's important because uh, we really want, um, we believe that, that the Bible is, is God's word. It is God's word. And everything there is true. It's all true. It's, the, it's there for us to, to understand and to accept. I mean, we believe virgin birth, we believe bodily resurrection, we believe, you know, all of those things. And there's absolutely no reason why uh, we can't take the things that we read and superimpose them upon the physical timeline that we do have some knowledge of. Therefore, the March to December and the July to April uh, things that I shared with you. Uh, and uh, we'll be sharing some other things a little later on. But <clears throat> there's the groundwork. So using that groundwork, and we're not going to get to the manger at all today, I promise that, uh, because the message doesn't go there, uh, but we will uh, begin, uh, continue our series entitled The Seven Realities of experiencing God. We're going to do that today. And in order to really get that done properly, of course, we're going to pray. And so let's pray now that God will open our minds and hearts, set aside what we're having for lunch today, and all of those other very important concerns that we have on our minds, and focus upon uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you uh, this day as we go forward in song, as we go forward in spoken word, open our minds and hearts, allow your Holy Spirit to just 
Do a work in us this morning in order that we might know you. We might come to know you. We underline that word know. And we thank you and we praise you now as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, uh, we'll see this. It says the birth of Jesus foretold. Uh, I have a little paragraph or passage headings in my Bible. You might in yours as well. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I love the sixth month. And we'll talk about that on another calendar date. Uh, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now I want to pause there and we want to go back and talk about that first reality that we talked about a few weeks ago. And that first reality is God is always at work around you. And I want you to see that in the passage that we're reading. We're going to see these realities today as we go through this uh, scenario with Mary and we're all and I like using Mary because we're all very very familiar with it and we don't have to do a lot of you know oh, well really we know we know the story we've heard the story every Christmas since we became a Christian and you'll hear it again this Christmas I promise there it is okay so be ready for that <clears throat> God is always at work around you. And what did we just read? We just read, we just learned that in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent from God. So God sent an angel to Mary into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to the virgin, to the virgin espoused to Joseph. And so we know exactly who we're talking about. And we also already know what the pronouncement is because we've already read the subsequent verses, but he's there and he's going to work a, a miracle uh, in her life, because the angel came unto her and said, Hail, hail, thou art highly favored. <clears throat> uh, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And that brings us in what to the second reality. And the second reality is God pursues a loving relationship with you that's real and relevant, real and personal and relevant. Now, what could be more real and personal and relevant and re- I'm not going to try that again. I did that enough times correctly. Why blow it when I'm ahead of the game? But the angel is pronouncing what? The very love of God. Listen to it again. The angel came and said, you are most highly favored. The love is with thee. Blessed, is, blessed art you among women. Blessed are you among women. Now here's this young girl. Uh, some say maybe as, as young as 12. I have difficulty with that. But uh, probably in her mid-teens anyway. Certainly not all the way up, you know, old maid status 21. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that either. But but there it is. We got this young girl. And one of the things that's really going to be Interesting is when we get to the song of Mary, and we will today, God pursues a continuing love relationship, love relationship with you. And that's what we see in this person of Mary. The angel has come and not only come 
showing that he is God is at work around you, around us. And by extension, as we talk about Mary, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about us. If God is at work around Mary, and we know later on, he's also going to be at work around Joe, uh, Joseph, not that Joe, but Joseph, he's at work, you know, he's doing some work with this person and that person and, and this other person as we go through this very common, or common because we know the story, uh, scenario. He's at work. So therefore, by extension, by 2019, isn't that where we are? 2019, we know that God is wor- at work around us. And that us takes in all 13 of us this morning. Us. Every single... Somebody's counting. I already did. You don't have to check my numbers. Uh, and there it is. He's at work around you. He's at work around me. God pursues a loving relationship with me, with you. He highly favors me. He highly favors you. And how do we know that? Because he has laid out a task, a mission for you. He has. I know what it is. Actually, we know what it is. It's printed in your bulletin. The mission statement of the church is what God has for every single one of us to do there might be some special things to do mary has something very special to do and we'll talk more about that as we go along so there we have verse 28 moving to verse 29 and it says and when she saw him she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salvation this should be god is inviting her to become a part of his work god invites you to become invalued with him in his work. He wants you to be with him. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Verse 30. Skipping down to verse 32. And he shall be great. Whoops. 30, yeah, 32. Okay. 31, let's do it. And behold, thou shalt receive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there shall be no end. God invites you to become a part of that work. He's inviting you to be a principal part of that work, Mary. And that is the angel's pronouncement. Then Mary said to the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? God's invitation to you, God's work, pardon me, God's invitation for you to work with him is all always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Whoops, hey, you got it wrong, angel. Maybe it's the girl next door. It isn't me. Listen to me. I'll say it again clear, angel. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She's already had the birds and bees talk with mom. She knows what it's all about. And it just doesn't work. It will not work. Oh, I know a guy. 
and we're kind of betrothed, and one of these days we'll get married. She is betrothed to Joseph already, and we'll talk about those kinds, that kind of a betrothal uh, at a later date. But there it is. I've never been with a man. I, I've never done the biological thing that's required for what you're suggesting that's going to happen. I don't understand. I have a crisis of belief. I, don't, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. That's the fourth reality. When God wants you to work, I'll ask you right now. I'll transfer that right into into your barnyard, into your corral. When God puts something for you to do in front of you, your first reaction is, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. I don't have enough information. I haven't been to Bible school yet. I haven't, I haven't read through the Bible even once. Uh, Genesis, where's that book? I'll remember, I'll, somebody, somebody tell me, please, please, where's, you know, none, that's where I am. And I've been there. I, I've been there. I was witnessing to people before I, I knew John 3.16. I hadn't learned the whole passage yet, 14 to 21, but I knew John 3.16. So I'm equipped. I'm ready to go. For God so loved the world. That's all you need to know. Uh, but there it is. There's that crisis of belief. There's that crisis of faith because we're not, we don't feel that we're qualified. And the answer is absolutely correct. We're not. We are not qualified. When God wants to do a work, God is going to use you in that work, but it's God's work. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. It's God's work. And God's work takes God to be a part of it. God has to be a part of it. You can't have a a work that Martin creates. Martin can create some things in his own his own uh, ability. In my own ability, I can do this and this and the other thing. And the other thing, God, you can take the day off. I've, I've got this handled. How many of us have been there? I've got it handled, God. You can rest today. You can work extra hard with Ralph back there because he needs the help. You can just, you know, leave me be. I'm doing good. Check on me every once in a while, but just to be sure that I'm on the right path. That's all I need, and I'm on my way. Wrong attitude, isn't it? Wrong attitude. Here again, let's look at Mary in this extreme situation. I know not a man, she says. Going on. And the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The Son of God. God is in this work. God is going to do. You just, all you have to do is what we're going to have her do in just a minute or two. And that is what she's going to say, be that to thy handmaiden as thou will have it. That's my paraphrase. I really should just read the verse. Uh, but she's going to agree. Now, 
Let's talk about that agreement for just a minute, and then we'll go on to our reality of today. We're going to see in that in that agreement what she's taking upon herself. And we all know what that is back in the day. I mean, she's she's subject to stoning. She's subject to public ridicule. She's subject to all kinds of things because she's going to be pregnant without having the bonds of marriage and et cetera, et cetera. And even if she's, well, hey, an angel came to me. I, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when she sat down with her mother and said, guess what? Think about that, mom. Think about that, dad, as your daughter comes to you and says, guess what? <sighs> My daughter's never lied to me about big things before, et cetera, et cetera. What, she talks to Joseph at one point or another, and we're getting beyond what we're reading today, but we know she's got to talk to Joe, Joseph, oh, got a Joe in the room. Uh, she's going to talk to Joseph because Joseph is making plans. And <laughs> it's interesting. Man makes plans and God laughs and says this is the way it should be. Because Joseph is going to put her away. He's going to set her aside. He's going to put her away privately. He's going to send her out of town and let him take care of whatever it is. And that'll keep him nice and comfortable and fine. And then the angel comes to him or he comes to him in a a dream. And God says, no, 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 no. You take her on. You take you take this on. You're going to do this. And so then he becomes part of that scandal, if I can put it that way. And so during that that uh, what how many months is it? Uh, The. Six months, the six months before she goes to Elizabeth, they're, they are the topic of conversation in Nazareth. Nobody talks about not putting enough yeast in the bread and, and, oh, you, you know, you didn't cook the chicken properly for, for Friday night's, uh, dinner. None of, we're not, nothing to, what's to talk about? Mary and Joseph. Did you hear? Did you see her? Did you, she walked down the street? She should be hiding, walking down alleys. She'd be, should be secret, secreting herself. None of that. That's what she put herself in for when she said, yes. That's what happened. Now, I've been asked, you've been asked to reach out and touch others for the Lord Jesus Christ. God loves you as a wonderful plan for your life. That's law one for spiritual laws. I'm trained campus crusade and I'm, that's the way it is. Uh, so there we are. And what's going to happen to me? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. I was in Rialto for training after we came down off the mount in, uh, in Arrowhead when Arrowhead, when campus crusade was up there and we came down into Rialto and attacked the town. All of us that were there surely was part of that. And, and we were given a block or two blocks to, to knock on doors and to do exactly what I'm talking about. And we did. And I knocked on 22 doors and people called me some, oh, I'd already been called those things by a drill instructor. So it didn't really hurt that bad. But there it was. I was being ridiculed. What what are you t- bothering me for on a Saturday afternoon? And, and this and that and the other thing and get away from me and, and so on. And so all of that was going on. 20 slamming doors in my face. All of that. 
I was being rejected. And I'll have to admit, after a while, you kind of take it personally. I shaved this morning. I, I mean, uh, what's wrong? I mean, it's me. But you see, they weren't rejecting me. They were rejecting God. But I was feeling the pain. I was feeling the pain. I'm quite sure that Mary was feeling the pain and going, did I really see an angel? I mean, what's happening here? Crisis of faith. Crisis of faith. And because I know that that might happen, I, I shy away. No, I don't think I'm the guy to do this. I don't think I'm the gal to do this. All of those things had to be going on in her mind and all over in her mind before she said, yes, do it unto me as you would. Do it unto me as you would. So there we have those experiencing God ideas. He's at work around us. He loves us so much that he wants us to be involved with him in his work. And being involved with him in his work gives us the opportunity of God speaking to us. God speaking to us is the fourth reality. And he speaks to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, an angel was sent to uh, Mary. Uh, I haven't had an angel appear to me yet. Uh, and I'm, well, no. he has a, a Bob is he pointed to Shirley. Is, yes. Isn't that yes, sweet? Oh my God. I wasn't even going to use her in the message today. Now I've got to. There she is. There's my angel right there. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> I have not had, other than Shirley, uh, an angel appear to me in my life. And I guess when I think about my own biography, uh, Shirley introduced me to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, she's the one that, she was the lure that got me into church. That Anyway, we'll talk about that another day. But there it is. God is at work. And God speaks to us. How does he speak to us? Well, through the Bible, of course. Because that letter, this letter, this love letter is written to me and it's written for me. Every single word, every single story, everything has relevance in my life. It can be applied to my life. That's why it's there. That's why there are gaps, by the way. Because as God designed his love letter to me and to you, he decided you didn't need to know what Jesus did on his 14th birthday. You knew what he did on his in his 12th year, and you knew what he did in his 30th year. What did he do? Go back to heaven for a few years and then come back when it was time? No, of course not. But there's, there's those gaps. There's gaps. They're there. And we can, in our minds, we got to have it all. Got to get, you know, what did he And so we have people that invent that stuff. I've actually, I read a little essay on Jesus uh, bar mitzvah, he was a good Jewish guy. So bar mitzvah, what did he, you know? He he actually turned uh, water into Hawaiian punch for the. I don't you know I don't know, and I at that point I kind of closed the book and said this is a waste of my time, and I went on, but there it is. That's what we're talking about. This application of what God means to us in these realities. And the realities today, the today's reality <coughs> has to do uh, with this crisis idea. 
this idea of crisis. And there is a crisis. Not going to be a crisis like Mary faced. That's kind of the extreme. But the extreme opens our eyes to what we're talking about. And there's been crisis in my life. I shared with you the 22 doors. And I wasn't going to go to the 23rd door. And I've probably said this before to a few of you, so you've heard. I, was, I said, after 22 doors, I wasn't there alone. There was two of us that went. We went two by two. And uh, and after 22 times of, you know, I almost forgot what the four spiritual laws are. I never said them. I never got to the point where I could begin reciting, ooh, all of this memorization that I'd done. Ooh. Uh, and I said, why bother? Why bother? And it's almost time anyway. It's time for lunch. or it's, I'm ready to go. I'm going to stand out here in the corner and I'm going to wait for the pickup car. And it's it's done. I'm all done. Close Close up my Bible and I'm ready to go. And then something inside, I can't imagine who it was, something inside said you were assigned to do this block. And this 23rd door is on this block. And so I decided that I had to go to the 23rd door, if only because, okay, I did what you asked me to do. I completed the task. The main task was to do the block. I did the block. I was there. I've been ridiculed 22 times. One more time makes not a bit of difference in the world. And so I went to the 23rd door. A lady answers the door. And I barely got the words out of my mouth. And she said, we have been waiting for you. Now, she didn't physically grab me, but I thought she was going to. And she and uh, she asked me to come in with my partner. And her husband was there, and they had two children. And I think they were about 10 or 11 or something like that uh, at the time. And <clears throat> she said, we knew that God was going to send somebody to us today. God loves you, has a wonderful plan. Law number two, you blew it. Law number three, he's fixed it. You know, that, that That's my paraphrase of the four spiritual laws. But there you are. I presented the four spiritual laws. I didn't, I'm pretty sure I read them. I wanted. I didn't want to blow it. I read them. And all four of them bowed the knee and prayed the sinner's prayer and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought I was going to get kissed on both cheeks because we were there. And I was going to leave, I was going to skip the 23rd door. Now, and one of the things, because of the 22 doors, I will say this, that's what gave me the understanding, even as I was really just about a year, two years old in the Lord, maybe, or three. I was back from Okinawa, so three. Uh, <clears throat> I knew that all of those victories weren't mine. I wasn't notching my Bible. Oh, got me four today, boom, boom, boom. Okay, no, the victory is God's. I was a messenger for God. God received four people into his kingdom today. Nobody came into Martin's kingdom today, but four people came into God's kingdom today because I was willing, like Mary, to say, do unto me. 
do unto me. And I was willing to go to that 23rd door. That's why when people tell me, well, you did a good job or da, 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 and just want to pat me on the back. And I've had some people say some very wonderful things to me. And immediately it goes through my, my Holy Spirit uh, sifter. And I realize that they're praising God. Praising God for bringing me there to deliver the message. I've got a fan club that's starting in Canada, I can't believe. I sent her my Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments that I preached to you, I sent her the whole package. And she's going through them and she's down to number five. She just finished number five. She's a very close friend of Shirley's. <coughs> and she said, oh, the things that she says. Oh, i got to change my hat size. I, I mean, really, I'm really somebody super special. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, and there it is. I got a, we got a note, uh, a text note on Shirley's device telling us, telling us how special the angel is. We don't call her Shirley anymore. We have to call her angel from now on. Saint Michael, Michelle, Saint Michelle, how's that? That work? She didn't. She didn't. No. Okay. But it, but there was a little postscript. She's t- t- lo- talked about how great Shirley is, and then four little words in a paragraph. Oh, and Martin's okay too. <laughs> that put me in my place. Anyway, but that's the point. The point is, is you reach out and you do what God would have you to do. And is there going to be crisis? Is there going to be crisis of belief? Hey, I'm not really supposed to do this. I'm not cut out to do this. I'll never be able to do this. I can't say the big words. God has an answer for that too. What did Moses say at the burning bush? I can't do this. You want me to go to Pharaoh? There's a death sentence over my head. Pay attention, God. And then God basically said, and this is a paraphrase, of course, he said, who made your lips? If I want you to speak, you'll be able to speak. I'll put you where you can speak and you'll speak and they'll listen because I'm there because it's my work. It's our work. You're not going by yourself. I was in that 23rd door by myself. I mean, we don't even, I don't even know the, remember the name of the person that I was with, to be honest with you. But I was there with God. God accepted those 22, uh, rejections or closed doors. They wouldn't even answer the door. There was a couple of times when I knew there were people home and they wouldn't come to the door. Uh, anyway, but that got me to the crisis of belief. Hey, I'm not doing this. And I went to the 23rd door. You've got to understand that crisis and that belief has to be, the belief system has to be on the Lord. It's not on you. It's not on me. It's not on us. It's on the Lord. The work God invites you to do is God-sized work. It's God-sized work. Verses 31 to 33 to Mary Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign, pardon me, reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. That's God's work. 
That's not biology. And even if it was biology, how could we, how do we tag on verses 32 and 33? How could I tag on verses 32 and 33? Without God in it, he shall be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. For heaven's sakes, God is there. It's God's work. God invites you to be part of God's size work. Jeremiah chapter 32 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is there anything too hard for me? <sighs> In the beginning, God created. Well, you got wrap your mind around it. Look around. God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. But part of the reality as well, it has to do with faith. It says God's work requires faith. Verses 35 and 36. And the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Everybody knows that Elizabeth is barren. Everybody knows that she'll never have a kid. She won't shut up about it. Every time we sit down with Elizabeth over dinner, she'll say, oh, woe is me. I'm however old she was, past childbearing age. I'm quite sure the eggs no longer appear. Much like who? Sarah. We know how old Sarah was when she conceived. But there we are. Give it a break, Elizabeth. We know your story. Don't tell us anymore. We prayed for you until you were no longer the biological woman that you wanted to be. Da-da-da-da. Everybody knows. And the angel explains to Mary, guess what? Liz is six months pregnant. Holy Spirit did that. Made that happen. With the help of her husband. Hebrews. You can never please God without faith. Without depending upon him. Now what does faith mean? It means promised that he'll do what he says he'll do. And as you read through scripture. As you read the Bible. As you understand God. Every time God has promised to do something. What happens? It gets done. God promised to bring the people out of Egypt. And we have what? We have crossing the Red Sea. We've got drowning the entire Egyptian army. We've got manna. We've got water out of the rock. We've got all kinds of things going on. Those are all God things. Moses is just a, Moses is just the, the, the flag waver. He didn't give you the manna. People started, and later on, they praised Moses gave us manna. Really? How did he do that? He didn't give you manna. God gave you manna. God's size work. And it's faith in him that gives you that opportunity. And faith is also trusting, isn't it? You can never please God without faith, without depending upon him. And that's actually my story of the 23 doors. Isn't it? Your 23 doors. 
Henry Blackaby says this in one of his books. He says, faith is believing that the God who calls us to the assignment is the one who will provide for its accomplishment. Think about that. Think about that. I remember sitting on the bus going down to hear Hal Lindsey tell us about the late great planet Earth that he had written. That's early 70s. Whoa, that's going back a day or two. And I was sitting with a young Marine uh, on the bus as we were taking the church bus or vehicle down uh, to San Diego. <clears throat> and he was asking me questions that were absolutely gone above my abilities at that particular time. And I found myself flipping in scripture and coming up with the scriptures as if I actually knew where the book was. God provided. God provided me the opportunity of talking to that young man. And that young man came to have a deeper understanding. I was able to answer his questions accurately. Oh, isn't that a clever thing? Not me. I told Shirley about it later. She said, how did you do that? How did you do that? You don't know that stuff yet. Right? My angel right here. Okay, faith requires action. Well, the James verse says this. James 2.17 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead, is King James. But there it is. Faith. Because I went to the 23rd door. That's the action. Well, the action was the 22 doors too. But the action. The faith has to be put to work. The faith is reaching out and saying, yes, God does have a plan for me. God does have a mission for me. I have a reason for my existence, and it's to serve him. That's what it is. And therefore, because of that, I am able to do what? Whatever he calls me to do. Let's go back to Mary. Let's go back to Mary. All of those things. And Mary says, let's do it. And she knows what she's buying into. She absolutely knows what she's buying into. And she buys. But here's what happens. You and others will become, will come to know God. K-N-O-W, know, and remember we talked about the know before. It's not just know a couple of things. Yes, I know that Jesus is virgin born. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. No, no, no. It's knowing. It's like I know the angel that came to me. I know Shirley. I know her better than any other living person today. She knows me better than any other living person on earth today. She knows me. She knows my habits. She knows me. We are one. And that's what God would have. When God, when Jesus says, I'm the husband and you're the church and I'm going to be married to you. And you talk about the 12 virgins in, in Revelation and, and the bride of Christ and all of that. That's us. And that's in order to know that the whole idea of preparing for marriage is to come to know the individual, to know the individual. 
because I'm going to spend my life with this individual. I know God and I'm going to spend an eternity with him. There's no death to us part in my relationship with God. It's not a physical thing. It's an eternal thing. It's a forever thing. It's an always thing. Remember we talked about always, I think, last week. Jesus said this, John chapter 11. Did I not tell you that if you believed that you would see the glory of God? Now what's the context of that? That's the raising of Lazarus. There's another one of those super duper miracles. If God wasn't in it, it ain't going to happen. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Mary and Martha were just moaning and groaning. Our brother is dead and da-da-da-da. If you'd have come earlier and then and then and then all of that. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Here, watch. Lazarus, get out of there. Come on out. Let's have lunch. My paraphrase. That's God. That's what God can do in and through you. But I want to show you how that ends. And we'll end this with the reading of Mary's song. Mary's song was sung after she and Elizabeth met. That's where the scenario is. But here it is, verse 46. And Mary said to Elizabeth, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Does Mary know God? And where did this happen? This happens during her pregnancy, before Christmas, whenever we decide to put it in the calendar. Young girl, think of the theological knowledge that Mary is espousing as she says the things that she says, what we call Mary's song. Does she know God? Do you know God? Have you had the opportunity of experiencing God in the way Mary has experienced God? Not the physical way, but you know what I'm talking about. Do you know He's working around you? Do you know He loves you? Personally, he loves you. Stick your name in there. You know that he's invited you to to be with him, to work with him, to turn the world upside down for his son. Do you know that? Do you have that faith? Are you willing to step out and move and do and shake the world like the apostles, like Paul? I'm a Paul. I am a Paul, P-A-U-L, and so are you. Reach out. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. 
Let's talk about the plan. Let's talk about the plan. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. So you don't ask. When you pray, don't ask. Report for duty. Sounds like the Marine Corps talking, doesn't it? Report for duty. God, what would you have me do today? And I'll do it. I got homework for you. Would you pass those out, Joe? Homework is this. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. That's called the heroes chapter or the men of faith chapter, the people of faith chapter. And I want you to take in five days, Monday through Friday, do it whenever you want to do it, but do it. Go through the entire chapter and I want you to superimpose what you, what you learn or what you're reminded of by these individuals in Hebrews chapter 11 the seven points of experiencing God and see if you don't see God, see those seven steps happening in the life of those individuals. Abraham, did he understand that God was working around him? Did he understand that God loved him? Does he he understand? Does he understand? Does he know God? Did he come to know God? Did Moses come to know God? Did Noah come to know God? Did et cetera, et cetera. Keep that. Hold on to that. That's We've talked about it enough. Chapter 11. That's, that's your assignment. And divide the, the entire chapter up into five segments, Monday through Friday how many verses it is. I was going to do the math for you, but you can do the math. This is how many verses a day. And if, if you're in the middle of a story, well then cheat and read one more verse and get get an entire story done. But I want you to get through the chapter because what's that's going to do? It's going to remind you, first of all, of quote, these heroes of the faith. And the second thing it's going to do is it's going to instill upon us the realities of what we've been talking about And that's experiencing God. The seven realities of experiencing God are true and they're relevant. They're relevant. Moses is dead. Abraham is dead. Physically. I am alive. You are alive. The mission that God had for Abraham and for Moses and for Noah and for you name the folks is now upon your shoulders. Are you willing to knock on the 23 doors? Are you willing to reach out and say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Can you do that? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. I've said it enough times, you should have memorized the phrase by now. That's the first law. Four spiritual laws. Billy Graham's five keys to the kingdom read somewhat the same way. God loves you so much that he wants you to be a part of him and his work. Are you? Let's pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today. We thank you for this example of Mary. And we just Pray that the lesson that is there to be learned has been learned. And upon that learning, we can take the action that you would have us to take. 
And we thank you now and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's stand soon and very soon.